Hey, and welcome to episode 59 of the Sober Dad Podcast. Hope everyone had a good weekend. It is officially one week until Christmas, so hopefully you got all your shopping out of the way. Everything's done. I finished that today, so we're we're looking good. And I even got my wife's anniversary present finished. I printed her something on the printer because we usually kind of tie in Christmas and our anniversary together, but I felt like making her something. Nothing too crazy, but I got the 3D printer going and been making a lot of stuff, actually. Christmas presents, things like that. Made my father-in-law a really cool thing for his desk. It's one of the SpaceX rockets, and it comes apart, so it's like a, a toy for a big kid. It's pretty sweet. And before we get started, let's go ahead and toss out the socials. So you can contact me at SoberDadPodcast at gmail.com, and you can find me on X at SoberDadPodcast. Pod. As a preface to today's topic, I am going to be referencing AA literature, and if that is not your thing, I understand that AA isn't for everyone, and I hope that you can still get something out of this. I think you can, because I believe that the 12 steps are applicable to everyone, regardless of their addiction or lack thereof, for that matter. I I've said it before in an interview with Philip a while ago that I think that the 12 steps could help anyone, then they're useful to everyone regardless of what your issue is, be it an addiction or even just general depression or other life problems. Doing these steps and what we're going to talk about today, admitting defeat, admitting you are powerless over something is a big step in overcoming that thing, getting better. So even if you don't like AA, I hope that you listen and that you can take something out of this. I've made no secret of my involvement in AA, and I truly am grateful for being able to go there. And I do think that that was a big part of my early recovery. And though I don't go nearly as often anymore, I'd like to do more, but life happens and just being with my wife and kids and being a dedicated father and husband has sustained me thus far. And if I did feel like I was losing my way or anything, I would not hesitate to jump back into a meeting. And the reason for that is, though I do think that there is great power in the 12 steps and they are very helpful, I think that the greatest strength that that AA and other programs have is the camaraderie and the ability to hear someone else that's going through what you're going to through and being able to say things without judgment, without fear of being outed or consequences or anything. And that is a very useful tool in recovery. So with all that said, I'm going to open this with a quote from The Twelve and Twelve, which is an AA-based literature book on page 21, at least in my copy, and it's from Step 1. And I believe most people, whether you are in AA or not, have heard Step 1, which is, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. And the first paragraph on page 21 says... 
Who cares to admit complete defeat? Practically no one, of course. Every natural instinct cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. It is truly awful to admit that, glass in hand, we have warped our minds into such an obsession for destructive drinking that only an act of providence can remove it from us. So the first thing I want to focus on there is the admitting defeat part. And for some of us, that came a long time ago. We were very aware of that, and me in particular particular, I knew that I had a problem, but I had dug that hole so deep, I didn't know how to get out without coming clean, and the stress and the fear and the guilt and the shame prevented me from doing that for a long time, and I just kept trying and failing to to go it alone, to do it by myself, and I suffered defeat after defeat after defeat. Hundreds of times I swore off drinking, and it never stuck. It never happened, which is where the other steps come in. But for this part, admitting defeat is the first step. And that came for me a long time ago. My problem was that I didn't take the necessary actions initially to progress forward. But for some people, that admitting defeat and admitting that you're powerless over something or that I know some people don't even like saying they're powerless, but that's how it feels. That's how it felt for me. And the inability to control yourself, that is powerlessness, in my opinion, where something has so much of a sway or a grasp on you that it doesn't even feel like you're the one making decisions at the end of the day. So yeah, that's pretty much being powerless, admitting defeat. Once you can do that, then you can progress forward and actually come up with a game plan to beat it other than in my case my plan was just don't drink and that doesn't work without a plan and it failed many many times and then the next part on there is talking about an act of providence and a lot of people interpret that a lot of different ways and for me it definitely felt providential or divine grace divine intervention something to where I was able to, I felt compelled to finally rid myself of my dark secret. And once I did that, the urge to drink was gone. It was that simple. And for some people, it's not that simple. And I consider myself very lucky to have experienced that. And I think that me keeping everything hidden and secret was the driving force behind my drinking in the first place, because I just felt so guilty and awful all the time. And the only thing that would subdue that was drinking some more, which just added to the guilt more. Which brings me to the episode I did about talking to someone there is a chance that someone in your life is having the same problem going through the same issues that you did. Or if you're not an addict and you're listening to this for whatever reason, shout out, by the way, but then you could be that uh, act of providence. You could be the person, you know, that little stone that starts the landslide or that last flake of snow that starts the avalanche. You could reach out to that person 
and say, hey, just as simple as, are you doing okay? I've noticed blank. And that could be the thing that pushes them over the edge. There's a very good chance that they'll just say no, like I did all the time. But in the back of their mind, because I know I did, then you they will think, like they'll know like, okay, they can see something's wrong. They know something's up. And maybe you're the millionth person to ask them that. Or maybe it's the millionth time they've been asked that. There's always a chance that if you just reach out to that person, that you could be the one that helps them. But don't get your hopes up and think that the one time you reach out is going to be that one time. Just keep reaching out. That's the best advice I can give. Just keep trying. Don't quit. Don't quit on them. And be there when they need you, because eventually they will need you. So now I want to focus more on the unmanageable part of step one, that our lives had become unmanageable. And anyone that's in recovery can remember back to the bad old days. And yeah, nothing was manageable. I was hungover all the time. I was not a great father or husband. I had little to no patience, no motivation to really do anything. It was a miracle that I even went to the gym while I was drinking. And a big part of that was just so I could be alone for a couple hours and just work out a little bit and then sit in the sauna because that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be alone. And I've admitted it before, but sometimes I even drank at the gym. So it was crappy. And I never fully accomplished anything at the gym or at home for that matter. Like I would get chores and stuff done, but I always, I never felt like I actually gave it my all or succeeded in anything that I was trying to do more than just getting it done. But I would just do the bare minimum. And as far as life being unmanageable, once you give up that addiction and take into account all the time you spent feeding that addiction or thinking about that addiction or hiding your addiction, you realize that there is a lot of time in the day. There is a lot of time to get things done and you will be very productive. I know I talked about that in other episodes and it's true. You never realize how much time there is in the day until you give up something that you spent all day worrying about and thinking about. So that's what I got for you today. Uh, Not really sure where that topic came from. It was just kind of something that was on my heart. I was perusing the big book as I do sometimes and that's just felt right. So hopefully you got something out of that. And if you have never tried AA and you're thinking about adding something to your recovery program, then, you know, your toolbox, then maybe give AA a try. The worst thing that can happen is you don't like it. The best thing that can happen is you find that it is a useful tool and you will make some friends and just be that much stronger in your recovery. So if this was something you guys enjoyed, let me know via email or on Twitter or whatever. 
reach out. And if you liked it, I can continue with step two and we can go through all 12 if that's something that you guys are interested in. If not, let me know that too. I value the feedback and I want the shows to be as useful as possible and as pertinent as possible to you guys. So if I'm just talking to the wind here, let me know and I can figure it out. So I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you at the end of the week for a dad skills episode. And until then, I'm John Skillman and remember to raise your kids and not glasses. (laughs) 